For the first hour of every Shabbat morning service, we yearn, we pray. We long for peace, we recognize blessings, we appreciate what we have been given, and we recognize that those things are not things that just stand waiting for us. We have to actually actively engage prayer, actively engage appreciation. To up our appreciation quotient, not just our IQ, but our AQ, gratitude is something that to some degree needs to be developed and, and worked on. And so we yearn for an hour, and now we're going to learn for about an hour in various ways. We're going to learn now, and then we'll learn again when Ellie will teach her Torah to us later on this morning. And I want to invite you, if you have in your hands a red chumash, uh, five books of Moses, the Torah, if you don't have one, just raise your hand and somebody will try it. We don't have any more. Okay. Put that on the list, Jeffrey. We have to put that on the list. Okay. We need more chumashim. Okay. Look on with somebody. It's a good opportunity to look on with somebody. Sharing is caring. If you have a chumash, invite someone to look on with you. We're on page 456. How many people here have heard the phrase, after the ecstasy, the laundry? I'll do it one more time. It has a cadence to it. After the ecstasy, the laundry. It's the name of a book, I think that John Kabat-Zinn, or was it Joseph Goldstein, one of the Jew boos, Jack Kornfeld. It was one of the Jewish Buddhists in America, one of the great teachers of Buddhism, or North American, or American Buddhism. He spoke of what it is to come down from an ecstatic place or a place where you see things clearly or a place where you're in love and then you have to actually do the work of love it's a beautiful phrase to talk you know the, the contrast between ecstasy and laundry right, if ever, anyone has ever done I don't know how many some people have ecstasy how many people have ecstasy doing laundry because maybe the phrase doesn't work I mean right honestly there we go I know I know you're thinking, doesn't work for me. After the ecstasy, the laundry is like after the ecstasy, the ecstasy. I mean, it doesn't work. But the laundry is kind of like a stand-in for the quotidian, for the daily, for the banal, for the everyday. After the ecstasy, your taxes. After the ecstasy, or maybe for some people, taxes are also ecstatic. I don't know. <laughs> Gotta think of a universally non-ecstatic experience, right? Something messy. Something that involves are coming down from. It's like, ah, uh, do I really have to go to bed? I'm enjoying the movie. Like the responsibilities, the deep work, the things that are not easy, the things that are not in some way, shape, or form the most fun or the most exhilarating, the most, the thing that you don't think, oh, I'm looking forward to that. After the abstraction and the theory, there's the concrete. After there is, of course, the business of writing a constitution, then there's the day-to-day -day of living it out and finding the places where it doesn't, right, it doesn't work, it's flawed, and you have to readjust, right, the GPS of life. You can't wait to get to that place, but sometimes you get lost, and then you have to refine yourself. And there are multiple ways, W-A-Z-E, to find a way to get there. That phrase is usually the most apt phrase to discuss the distance between last week's as the Torah turns, the weekly wisdom of being at Sinai, 
And this week's Torah portion, which begins, If you have Jethro and Yitro, as we talked about last night, the Torah of Sinai, here and the exhilaration of revelation, this week's Torah portion is the business of making Sinai manifest here and now every day. It's how you treat the stranger. Right? The Torah this morning will tell us, Don't take advantage of the immigrant. They might not speak your language. They might not be a part of Don't take advantage, the Torah says. The Torah tells us this morning in the details of Sinai, not the big light show of Charlton Heston, but in the detailed making a just society. How do you walk it out in the world? Don't have weights that are not balanced. Make sure that if you see your enemy's donkey, your enemy's donkey, and it's suffering under its burden, and you think, oh, I'm not going to help the donkey because that's my enemy's donkey. Or you see your enemy's car stuck on the side of the road. I don't know what's the analogy here. You see someone that you would otherwise turn away from, and we get it. We're human. The Torah says, don't do that. If your enemy's ox is lost, says the Torah, and it made its way into your field, and you think to yourself, oh, I'm not giving it back. Hmm, I got myself my enemy's ox. Mr. Porter, and it's a wonderful life. I'm not giving back that money. No, you have to return it. The Torah recognizes our humanity and our frailty, and then it says, transcend it. Because if you don't, you won't build Sinai. And so it begins, and these are the laws on page 456. These are the statutes. This is the covenant, the Savior Habrit, the book of covenant that you are to place before them. And those words, right, those words, beginning with the Vav, the letter of connection, and these laws. Our rabbis teach us when there is a Vav, when there is the sixth letter of the alphabet, the conjunction, that junction, junction, what's your function? It brings together what was and what is. Just as Sinai was holy, the day-to-day, Mosif al-Rishonim, the day-to-day is also Sinai. How you treat the stranger is also Sinai. How you treat one another is also Sinai. And then it says, these are the laws that you are to place before them. And on this, I want to I wanna zero in in the next two minutes and then call those who are called and feel this connection to stand here with me at Torah this morning as Ellie will read these words. Why does the Torah have to tell us to place these words before the people? Melamed says the Torah, the rabbis say, this teaches us that not everyone hears things the same way. And we are to adjust ourselves, each and every one of us, to find a way to speak to others in a way that they can hear it. That part of Sinai's unique experience, our teachers tell us, was that each and every Israelite who stood at Sinai had a unique experience of Sinai. There wasn't one Sinai. There were 600,000, 3 million Sinais. Everyone had a different download. There was its own code. And you got it and it's like, oh, that's what I need to hear. And then the rabbis move from Revelation into the details of the day and they say, teach people how to live a good life. But don't just teach them. Teach each and every one uniquely. Find a way to speak what it is that you're trying to convey in a way that the the, the ozen, the ear can hear it and the heart can understand it. For those of you who like numerology, 
and I'm sure I'm going to get a load of hands right now. But those of you who do like numerology know, and this for some, if, if even one person likes this, I'll feel really good. It, the, the Hebrew alphabet has, each letter is a numerical value, just like A in English would be one, and B would be two. In Hebrew, Aleph is one, Bet is two, and so on. And if you take the numerical value of the word Panim, which means face, it's 180. Panim el panim, face to face is 360 degrees. 360. Panim, panim, 360. These are the laws you are to place to their face. Because when two people stand with one another, they have a radius, they have a full circle of multiple perspectives. And so the Torah knows that. The Torah says, don't, it's not one size fits all when it comes to teaching people to be good people. We have to listen. And that's hard work. Because we have an idea of how things should be and then we meet the reality of what it is and the distance between the two of them makes us, oh my God. And Thurs says, calm down. Meet each moment uniquely. Meet each face uniquely. Gesundheit. So when Sinai sneezes, it must be the truth. <laughs> and so I would like to call for this first Aliyah to stand with Torah this morning. Any teachers in this group, anyone in this room that's finding it difficult to find words that someone else might understand what they need? Anyone in this room who's thinking, you know, I have to find a way to be in the unique moment of how to build the world, but it's one face at a time. That the blessing of the Torah this morning is that you might face each situation with this, the sincerity of Sinai, with the immensity the grandeur of Sinai and recognize that in this moment, this quotidian little exchange, this little banal place, all of life, infinity is manifesting and that you might find the words to bridge the gap that exists between one side of the circle and the other side. That you might be able to come full circle with the words that you choose, the language that you express to build a world and to build bridges from the abstraction and the theory to the day-to-day, -day, from the ecstasy to the laundry. Please rise for this Aliyah, if that speaks to you this morning and you feel called to stand this morning with Torah as we chant those words and those lessons.